Welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another. Welcome back, ladies. We are going to be talking all about scripture and how the gospel shapes our role as women and mothers. Before we jump into the conversation, I want to extend a special welcome to all our new listeners. We are so glad you're here. We truly created this for our Redefined membership community, so please check that out if that could be a blessing and an encouragement in your life. We would love to have you and get to know you better. We would like to extend a special welcome to our friends in Ethiopia and Belgium listening in. We are thankful this podcast has reached you, and we pray that it's an encouragement to your heart and that we would all glean from the truth of Scripture today from both the Old Testament and the New. So I want us to just spend some time in prayer before we get into the conversation today. I think it's important to set our heart posture in the right place before the Lord. So let me pray for us. Gracious Father, I just thank you for the women that are listening to this podcast today. Lord, may you remind us of the importance of our vertical relationship with you the um, primary relationship we have is with you, God, and that um, out of the overflow of that, the horizontal relationships that we have, may they be um, glorifying as we interact with one another from the heart posture that we are cultivating our relationship with you first and foremost. Enrich my sister's heart today as we study scripture. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, so Jordan, I have a fun icebreaker. List your top five mom hacks in under a minute. Ready, set, go. Okay, so my top five mom hacks are always keep snacks on hand, keep your water bottles full, even when they say they're not thirsty because everybody ends up getting thirsty within 30 minutes of leaving the house. If anyone is having a hard night or they're crabby, it's always going to be bath time. Put the kids in water. They love it. For some reason, it just eases everything Keep an app on your phone for the times when they want to fall asleep in the car, but you might be like two to five minutes away from home. We use a Crayola Pets game, and we also have Gabby's Dollhouse. And for my last one, let them help you cook. Let like let them mix the seasoning, stir in the cheese for the mac and cheese, watch you as items cut up. They love that, and they thrive on helping us. Okay, so my top five mom hacks are chocolate for potty training, snacks in the car. I always keep a Ziploc baggie full of snacks, and this has saved me so many times. And this has saved us, honestly, from a few temper tantrums. Playtime outside, and one of my favorite, involving your children in practical opportunities to serve alongside you. So this is um, 
baking or cooking in the kitchen with you. My son loves doing this, helping me clean the house, or even when I was serving on staff at our church, he would help me do various things that needed to get done before I was able to unplug and go home for the evening. And so just involving your children in service with you, especially in the local church, is always a great, great idea. And Play-Doh and crafts, he loves these and it kind of keeps him busy for a little bit so I can focus on other things if I need to. Um, but this is just his favorite time to be creative and artsy. So, okay, well that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. And so as we jump into the conversation today, I want to personally share just a few meal prep strategies for good time management in the home. So we absolutely love Sundays and it's usually a good time to make a home cooked meal. My husband recently made ribs, homemade garlic and herb mashed potatoes with seasoned squash. He is the cook in our home. Um, but oftentimes you will find me depending on the season. Um, so we don't see these rolls as, um, exclusive to one person. So in some seasons, he has done a lot of the cooking. In some seasons, I have, just depending on what we have going on. But he he is the, the chef in the family, right? So he made a beautiful spread for us. And on Mondays, we like to prep another meal. So we have a couple of options for leftovers. And on Tuesdays, I really like to prepare either cornbread muffins or lately we've been loving these rosemary biscuits. Um, and so they're all gluten-free and delicious, but I also like keeping chicken nuggets on hand because my son doesn't enjoy leftovers as much. And so this is practically for us save so much time in the kitchen so we can spend more time sitting at the dining room table enjoying delicious food and conversation together so jordan i do have another fun question i love these um what is your favorite grocery store oh gosh my favorite grocery store i would have to say trader joe's i love so many of the items and it's just a nice different variety of things instead of just going to Walmart or Aldi, which is typically where I shop. But when I get the chance, I love some Trader Joe's. So my favorite is personally Sprouts. I love the fresh local produce. And then I love Walmart as well because I'm able to get a lot of bin snacks from there. And then we also shop at Target. So we're kind of, um, we shop at various different places to kind of get what we need. So, and then I get a lot of my vitamins and supplements from Whole Foods. So that's just kind of how we kind of manage, you know, things we need in the home and as far as the kitchen goes, or just, um, stewarding our bodies well and, um, getting good vitamins into our system. So, well, Jordan, do you have any additional tips um, you'd like to share with us? My biggest tip to all the mamas out there is do not compare yourself to someone else ever. It may seem that like that influencer that you're following on Instagram or that person on YouTube that you're watching has it all together, but every single person's situation is different. There are extremely hard days. There's some really easy days to where my kids can just chill out and everything's perfectly fine. And then we have days that it just feels like everything is crashing down and it's super hard. 
but don't compare yourself to anybody else because no one knows your kids better than you. And it's really hard and some days are extremely difficult, but you got this. In Gloria Furman's Treasuring Christ Gospel Meditations, she beautifully summarizes and condenses how the gospel shapes our role as women. So I want to read, um, just to revisit our working definition on page 39, if you're following along, this is her um, gospel meditations. I really love this. Her, the book is called Treasuring Christ, um, like I had mentioned before, but it's just beautiful if you want to purchase it um, from Amazon. I'm sure it's other places too, like Christian book, but I got mine from Amazon, so that way you'll be able to follow along a little bit better with us. We have a redemptive goal and purpose for our mothering. When we nurture our children by faith, we are not merely going back to Eden in the likeness of Eve, the mother of all living, who clothed herself in fig leaves after she sinned. Instead of clothing ourselves in fig leaves and the unholy rags of our good deeds of self-righteousness, we clothe ourselves in the righteousness of Christ, taking part in God's plan to redeem creation through Jesus. Having been born again, we walk on this earth in the newness of eternal life in Christ, going about the work he has for us. This work specifically is discipling the nations in the hearts of our children, i.e. insert the Great Commission in Matthew 28. The outcome of our work is that people will praise our Father when they see our good deeds and God's glory will fill the earth. So it's important to begin this conversation in Genesis 1 chapter 1 verses 2 through 3 in Genesis 1 26 with the doctrine of the Trinity right this is so important and foundational to our understanding of how God created us so God existed in relationship within the Trinity in perfect holy relationship he created out of this place where he was enjoying perfect communion perfect fellowship within the Godhead and so Ladies, I want you to understand we are created for relationship with one another, right? This is the heart posture that God created from. And so we need to remember this. And so we need to dig deep into this to really um, give a firm foundation for us as we get started. So what is God doing here? Well, he is creating before this God was in perfect fellowship and holiness. And so it's from this heart posture he creates. So when I prayed over you, I wanted you to see that this vertical relationship, the most important relationship, is our relationship with the Heavenly Father, with God, with Jesus Christ. And that impacts our horizontal relationship, the relationships we experience and have with one another. And so let me go ahead and read that. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Okay, and I am going to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. 
and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. In Genesis 128, God blessed his creation and gave them a command to be fruitful and multiply and subdue it. Prior to the fall, the man and woman were fashioned and purposed to procreate and be fruitful in their work. In this way, we reflect the beauty of God. Thank you, Jordan. So we're going to turn to Genesis 3. So Satan came to destroy God's good design in Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? So ladies, in this moment, he twisted the word of God. And we're going to see this play out in a conversation in Genesis 2, and then we'll read further in Genesis 3, verses 2 through 3. Let's go back to Genesis 2. Verses 16 through 17. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day they eat from it you will surely die. Now let's go back to Genesis 3, verses 2 through 3. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. So in this moment, Eve added to the word of God. And this is a dangerous space to be in, ladies. In verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. But if we go back to chapter 2, verse 17, God says, for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. We see in verse 4 that Satan lied to the woman, for God said that they would surely die in Genesis 2.17. So we have to understand that the boundaries that God sets for us are ultimately for our flourishing and our good. So ladies, now we're going to move to talking about the church. So the church is what God has established for our flourishing. This community of believers is the bride of Christ that Jesus came to redeem and shed his blood for. We truly need one another, and we are not meant to isolate ourselves. We are, as we are continually being made more into the image of Christ, we need um, others to speak truth in our life, to speak um, words of grace, right? To um, point out our sin when we have fallen short of God's grace, ladies. So I'm going to read Colossians 1.16 and Ephesians 5.22 through 32. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And ladies, I want to remind us, as we submit to our husbands, this is what Christ did to the Father. He submitted to the Father, and he um, accomplished the Father's will through going to the cross and dying for our sins, right? So this is not a picture of being subordinate. Um, this is a picture of Christ and the church. 
For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to also love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. I want to focus really on verse 32. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ in the church. And this is Paul speaking here. Psalm 111, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart in the company of the upright and in the assembly. So ladies, this is talking about um, praising the Lord publicly in our churches, right? As in the Old Testament, they were praising God um, in the tabernacle, in the assembly of the of the holy. They. This is really just talking about being amongst other believers and praising God um, publicly. So one of God's means of grace in our life is the encouragement and guidance in our spiritual walk with him through community, through being connected to the local church. And so this requires that we commit ourselves to consistent involvement in a solid biblical church and that we seek regular fellowship and accountability from spiritually mature believers. And so I want to read Galatians 6, 1 and Romans 15, 14. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able also to admonish one another. I'm going to be reading Psalm chapter 16, verse 6. This is in reference to the book of Joshua, boundary lines of the promised land. God sets boundaries for our own flourishing and our own good. So the verse says, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. We honestly can't fathom a world without pain and brokenness that sin has caused. But for those who have endured labor, we are reminded of our sin in Genesis 3.16. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall overrule you. But prior to this, God in his infinite mercy gave a proclamation of the gospel. Pro-evangelium, what scholars believe to be the first proclamation of the gospel in Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. In Genesis 3.20, 
the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. We can see Eve's name means the mother of all living. There is grace here, ladies. The godly seed of the woman is for every woman. We know not all of you can physically have children for your own, and we acknowledge that infertility is very real for you. Please know we are very sorry if you have experienced this. That was so good. Thank you, Jordan. So I want to read in 1 Timothy 2, where Paul addresses how women are to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church. So as we understand the context at work here, I'm going to move to 1 Timothy 2.15, where Paul says that women will be preserved through the bearing of children. So the emphasis here is replicating godly seed, the nurturing and discipleship of our children. So please remember that the salvation of our children is truly not dependent on us, although we play a big role, but upon our Lord and Savior. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. So ladies, the goal here really is reproducing godly seed, right? Like when Adam named Eve the mother of all living, she had been given this spiritual opportunity to nurture and raise her children unto the Lord. And that is our goal here, right? that we would cultivate and disciple our children's hearts in such a way that they would proclaim the Lord's name, that they would follow him, that they would trust him, and they would serve him. Because God is truly a holy God, and he loves us so much. Um, I think when we truly grasp that, we can extend that to our children. And scripture says that the way of the righteous, like, Part of the fruit of that is that the generations will proclaim his name, right? I'm going to be reading Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, and this is Shema. And this is a Hebrew word that begins the most important prayer in Judaism that the Israelites would recite daily and were commanded to teach their children and the next generation. The goal here is to disciple and nurture our children to know and love the Lord. So these verses are, Now with this commandment, the statues and the rules, that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land which you are going to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statues and his commandments, which I may command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, had promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. Then that these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your home. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and that they may be frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So good. Thank you, Jordan. I'm going to read from Revelation 7, 
Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12. And after these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count from every nation in all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I want to just imagine if we were John in this moment after just receiving these visions right and so the context here is after writing of this after the writing of the six scrolls john shares this vision of the sealing of the 144,000 with 12,000 from each tribe of israel so john paints this picture of people from every nation and all tribes peoples and tongues standing together and worshiping god so ladies in our mothering, Jesus is on his throne. He is the foundation that we build upon. He is what we look to. He is what we are continually being built up to and in. He is our source of strength, our hope, our longing. May we cultivate that relationship with the Lord, right? That vertical relationship that we have to with God, he loves us so much, ladies, and I pray this changes how we disciple, how we mother our children, how we steward the grace of raising children that God has given us. In Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, and to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. We are also going to go into Matthew chapter 28, verses 15 through 20. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among to the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth had been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age." The Great Commission is the blessed work to which we have been called, ladies. This includes our children and those who God has called us to serve within our sphere of influence. At the grocery store, as you head into the office, who are your coworkers that you can prayerfully share the gospel with? And the carpool line as you engage with your neighbors. Yes, Jordan, yes. And by the way, you can still be fruitful and multiply by investing in younger women spiritually. The Lord has blessed me with one son physically, but I have spiritually been given the greatest opportunity to disciple and mentor many other women in my life. And that is truly beautiful. So I've had some amazing mentors and women in seminary and in the church that have discipled me personally. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And that's the opportunity we have been given, right? A lot of times in the church, I wish this were the case, but Older women aren't pursuing the younger women, right? This just means that we are spiritually mature in Christ and we are passing on this legacy of faith to the next generation. Um, 
But sometimes I feel like I'm in this space where I'm having to reach out to the older women, but ladies, this should not be the case. Older women, I just pray we would see the importance of training younger women um, to manage their households well, to steward the grace that God has given them with raising their children, but to ultimately point them to God, right? To point them to this most important relationship that we have, and that's to God. So I just pray we pick up this call and we take it seriously. It's truly so beautiful to implant the words of what God has called us to do as women in his word into the hearts of our women. So before we end our conversation, I have a couple of announcements. So we are beginning community groups in our membership community, and we really want to pair you up with other women so you can walk alongside them and study the word of God together, memorizing it, pulling in other sources that will enrich your walk with the Lord. And so we want to put you together with women. Um, so if you're interested, please um, go to redefinesisters at gmail.com and email us and we'll get you paired up with a group. And we'd like to share our a special upcoming opportunity for service within the Redefine community on March 25th. So we're going to have a photo shoot with items from our store, and we have some fun spring things that have just come in apparel, and we honestly just want to meet you and connect with you. So if you're not able to afford the $50, we understand. We're just asking for a small gift or donation to our ministry so we can provide the unlimited snacks and coffee. And more than that, we just want you to come and um, just spend this weekend with us. So you'll be invited to join us for dessert that evening. And then on Sunday, please make plans to worship with us at CBC. So this is mine and Whitney's home church. We just can't wait to connect with you, hug you, and just get to know you. Um, just hear and see what God is doing in your life. So simply contact us at redefinesisters at gmail.com and let us know you're interested. Thank you so much for prayerfully considering giving to Redefine Sisters. Your contribution truly helps us continue this ministry of discipling and equipping women in the Word of God. Bye, ladies. Bye, ladies. Thank you for listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Redefined Sisters, or you can email us at Redefined Sisters at gmail.com. We cannot wait to connect with you.